Okay, hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Tim St. Dennis, a board member from CSL White Rock, Center for Spiritual Living. And we're an inclusive learning center and we have practice of spiritual-based uh, spirituality in Metro Vancouver area in British Columbia, Canada. We create, a sacred, create sacred opportunities for personal empowerment and collective transformation through wholeheartedly experiencing universal truth of spirit. When you're on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. We begin our gathering today. We, I expect we acknowledge that I, that I work and, and live on the ancestral unceded territory of the Coast Salish First Nations, including the, the Katsi, Kwantlen, and Stolo. I want to thank the First Nations who continue to live in these lands and care for them along with the waters and all of the above and below. Let us anchor our time together in prayer as we invite you to everything else, let everything else go, silencing the devices for us to be here now. We're very fortunate to have Reverend Liz Morante with us today as our guest speaker. Reverend Liz has been with us on a few occasions before and has been enjoyed by everyone. And that's why we keep asking her back. She's been a minister to Centers of Spiritual Living for about 20 years now receiving her ordination in uh, 2003. Liz Hales from Seattle area, but she did a ministerial training and served on the staff of CSO for 14 years, as well as raising you know, two wonderful daughters between the uh, several months stints of teaching at centers in, in Ukraine. Liz served as a minister on the Monterey Center for Spiritual Living from 2008 to 2013. I was just made aware that she returned to us from an extended visit to France. So maybe she'll uh, find a lot to be grateful for because her topic today is gratitude beyond gifts. So please welcome Reverend Liz. As always, such a pleasure to have you speak to us today, Reverend Liz. Good morning. Okay, yes, I will unmute myself. It's big in the middle of my face. <laughs> It is so great to be with you all again. Thank you so much for having me back. It's been a while, um, but I'm so grateful. And I'm also grateful to be asked to acknowledge with gratitude that where I live is on the unexceeded ancestral home of the Duwamish tribe of the Coast Salish people. And quite a large area. I kind of want to go off in my discoveries of that, but that's where I live. And I honor all those ancestors who took beautiful care of these wonderful lands here. So today, um, as Tim said, that I'm talking about gratitude beyond gifts. And of course, in the States, this this Sunday is usually about gratitude because we've just had our Thanksgiving, which I know y'all had. My kids live in New Orleans, so I say y'all now. Uh, uh, a month ago, but really, gratitude Thanksgiving is always a good topic. So you'll extend me the grace, and I'm just following along the themes actually for um, the CSL. 
Because gratitude beyond gifts, although it's a sort of an odd title, is such a great topic. Um, what do we what do we mean? What do you think it means uh, to have gratitude beyond gifts? Well, to me, it's a deeper level of living, moving from gratitude for, which is what Michelle was so beautifully singing up, gratitude for, reaction to the good in our lives, to gratitude as a stance. That moving from living life as a reaction to what is going on on the outside, to living life as a stance, as a consciousness from the inside out. And my understanding is this theme, which I don't know if you've been following all month, is breathing in the view and that idea of standing back to see the view from a larger perspective and breathe it in is part of what brings us to that gratitude. Um, St. Paul said something that goes along with this, that it's in all things give thanks, not for all things give thanks, but in all things give thanks. So that's what we're going to be talking about, how we move to a different level of gratitude. But first... <laughs> First, let's talk about why we even do gratitude. It's because gratitude is power and to powerful and to have a grateful heart brings powerful unfoldings into our life. Um, I first started looking at this topic years ago in a wonderful book by Eric Butterworth. And I'm sure many of you have heard of Eric Butterworth. He was a unity minister and had a very large community in New York City. And among the books that he wrote was a book called Spiritual Economics, which is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, it was written in the 70s. So it, it is contemporary, but he's so clear and so profound. And in that book, he talks about several powerful things about gratitude. First of all, he tells the story of an African tribe that unlike all its neighbors who were doing very well, this particular tribe had poverty, a lot of illness. They just did not do well. And so the um, anthropologists who looked at this tribe thought, why is this one tribe doing so poorly. And as they looked at all the kinds of things in the different cultures and traditions and behaviors of the tribe, they found something very interesting. This tribe had no word for gratitude or thank you. Things that make you say, hmm, and I notice I'm slightly out of sync, so you guys will just have to have those soft eyes that you have for meditation, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so that tribe had no word for gratitude, which makes us think they had no concept of it. So that's kind of a cautionary thought to have in the back of your mind. 
Now on the flip side of that, Butterworth tells the story of a man uh, who was diagnosed with a uh, terminal illness and the doctor gave him six months to live. And his friends and coworkers said, how are you gonna live? What are you gonna do these uh, last six months that you've been given? And he said, you know, I'm gonna do it the way I do every day. Give thanks for my wonderful life. 10 years later, that's how he was still starting his day. The six months came and went and still he was grateful for every day. David Steindl Rast, who is a um, monk, a wonderful monk says this. He says, happiness is not what makes us grateful. It is gratefulness that makes us happy. And Plato, a long time ago, said this, a grateful mind is a great mind, which draws, eventually attracts great things to it. A grateful mind is a great mind, which eventually attracts great things to it. So what do we understand from that? We understand from that, that gratitude is causative, it is generative of more to come. Martha Beck, to use somebody wonderful and contemporary, do y'all do know who Martha Beck is? She's been a columnist for the O Magazine, but also written a lot of books. She was probably one of the first real career coaches. She's an amazing, amazing, bubbly, delightful, and incredibly deep person. I would love to do a whole talk about her stuff. But she says it this way, gratitude is the emotional sweet spot from which we can create our best lives. I'm gonna say that again. Gratitude is the emotional sweet spot from which we can create our best lives. So again, it is causative, it is generative. And why is that? What, what's up with that? Well, as I thought about it um, these last couple of days, and I've, I've thought about it and talked around this subject before, but I was sort of newly aware that, yes, yeah, she is, she's a sweet spot, uh, that it really has to do with two principles, two laws that are laws within that great law of cause and effect. And the first one is the law of attention, which says that what we put our attention on increases. You ever know that one? That's a great tip for marriage and relationship. If you want your relationships to be better, stop focusing on what doesn't work and focus on what does work. Because as you focus, as you place your focus, you will see more of whatever you put your focus on. Simple exercise. Think of the word red and look around your room and all of a sudden, everything that's red, you will see you will become aware of. So 
Likewise with gratitude. When you put your attention on gratitude and what you're grateful for, you will find more to be grateful for. So you can think about that's a great thing. Practice every day to think about what am I putting my attention on? A great thing to start the morning with. What do I want to put my attention on? The second law that is involved here is the law of attraction. And beyond what was written and made popular by the law of attraction, what is it, 10, 15 years ago now, that Ernest Holmes, our founder, was writing about this. And it isn't simply like attracts like. It is that the universe will be to us what we are to it. And so the idea to say it in a very short and concise way, which you guys all know, that's not the way I usually roll, is to become a vibrational match for that which we wish to attract in our lives. We seek to become a vibrational match for that which we wish to attract into our lives. So if we want more joy, we first become joyful. If we want more love, we seek first to become more loving to draw that to us. Gratitude beyond gifts then, I think, is our evolution from using the first principle, that law of attention, to moving into being a vibrational match, taking advantage of the law of attraction to draw great things to us. So it's a path, it's a path. So how do we do that? Well, first we make use of the law of attention. We notice and accept the good that we see in our lives. And first we must become gracious receivers. And I write as an example, um, I don't wanna be sexist, so you guys can all tell me later, but I think women do this more than men, that women are very good at fending off compliments, like, like Wonder Woman with her bracelets. <laughs> oh, this is delicious. Oh no, it's just some, this old recipe. Oh, you look wonderful today. Well, yeah, this, this old thing, and I've put on five pounds and blah, blah, blah. Anybody recognize yourself that you fend off? And if you think that it's not this particular person giving you a compliment, it's the universe trying to love you and you're saying, no, 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 no. And I know because I'm a recovering compliment fender offer. <laughs> so we need to learn to receive graciously. And part of that is working with that idea I don't deserve. Graciously receiving what comes into our life. And my dad turned out to be a 
fabulous example of that for me one Christmas. I mean, it was just at a time in my life when I could see the lesson is, um, I think I was staying at his house and my dad was somebody who pretty much could go out and get whatever he wanted. This was not a man who lacked for anything. And um, often my mom would let me know before Christmas, oh, he needs a new toiletry kit or he needs a belt, something. So she would usually give me one or two things. Um, but I remember this one particular year, I think my brothers had not arrived yet. I would stay at his house. Probably I was still living in Monterey, so would commute, commute out for Christmas and gave him I had a, just a bunch of little gifts for him that year. And as I said, this was a person who traveled, who could pretty much have everything. And I found a book. He was Our family was in the timber industry. I found this book in an antique shop that was a kid's story about this little boy who broke up a log jam, which is, you know, a thing in logging. <laughs> and and some shortbread I'd made for him and something else. Each gift, he unwrapped slowly and looked at it and said, Elizabeth, he called me Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth, this is so great. I'm gonna use this and oh, I love this. He was delighted by the book. He started crying because he was also somebody that. And my, my response was, I was sort of like looking around, what else can I give him? What else can I give him? Oh, I can hardly wait till next year. Or his birthday actually is January 2nd. So it wasn't going to be, what else can I give him? This is so much fun because he is receiving things with such gratitude and delight. And it dawned on me. Oh, if I received from folks that graciously, A, that... It, it not they would give me more, but I recognized what a gift back my delighted receiving could be. And, you know, even if it's something that I couldn't use, I could still be delighted that they thought of me. So we think about how am I receiving? And if it is, as I said earlier, God giving to us, the universe giving to us through all these people and ways, why would I wanna give the message that I don't want it? Um, a friend does a practice of when she receives either from someone or in life, something she's been wanting, or something that delights her, she just says, more please, more please. She addresses God, more please. So when we think about that, is my attitude signaling, no, forget about it, or more please. So good thing to practice internally. And that's why, of course, one of the practices we always teach is creating a gratitude journal so we can become more aware. Um, often best done at the end of the day, what am I grateful for? So we can become more aware, put our attention on it, put our attention on it before we sleep, and then put our attention on it during the day. 
So we are generating more of that. All of this being grateful for the wonders that come into our life is powerful because it primes the pump, as I said, for more please. But also when we're in that state of gratitude, it puts us out of victimhood. It gets us into a powerful place where as we continue to reflect all that we have been given, all that we can be grateful for, it puts us in touch with our oneness with divine flow. And as we be with that, as we sit in that consciousness of gratitude, as we sit in that consciousness and deepen in that consciousness of our oneness with divine flow, we begin to develop a greater and greater trust in life. Trust that our good is coming to us, that we are being led and guided on a pathway of good. And that's what starts moving us into that second principle, that principle where we can make use of the law of attraction, where we are living in gratitude, living in trust. And where we start looking at St. Paul's in all things give thanks. Now, again, wanna make the distinction, not for all things give thanks in the sense of, oh, well, this kind of crummy thing just happened, but I guess I should be grateful. It's God's will. God wants me to have this horrible thing in my life, so I should be grateful. That's old theology. In all things give thanks is an attitude, a consciousness. And I'm going to borrow now from Emma Curtis Hopkins, who is one of the great teachers of spiritual science where she said, bless everything. And I think this is more what St. Paul was talking about. Bless everything. And how that's different is when you bless something, the meaning of blessing is to confer prosperity upon. So when we are grateful, in a sense, we are blessing that thing that event, that situation, not pretending to be happy about it, but declaring a blessing, which means that we are endowing this event with the possibility to be a source of good. Do you get that? Do you get that distinction that as we bless, as we think of gratitude as a blessing we give, we then stand in the consciousness of calling forth the good out of the situation. Not resignation or victimhood or pun, you know, thinking we're being punishment, 
but standing in the knowing that the God that has brought me thus far, the God that has brought these delights in my life that I am so aware of, I now call the good out of this situation, the good out of this relationship, I call it, I bless it. And in that, I can give thanks for it. Now this takes daily practice. And so we use, as I said, those gratitude journals, those recognition of the things that are easy to be grateful for. And we develop that trust and we develop that knowing that we are held, my hands are here, <laughs> that we are held in that divine love, in that flow. So that then when these events and things occur that are frightening or scary or just seeming lousy, that we can then stand in the consciousness of something different. I say, there's a good for me to have it. And I bless this situation and call forth the good. I call forth the blessing. I call forth God's good in this. And as we develop that, we start getting a new lens from which to see life. We are no longer responding, reacting, really responding or reacting to the events in our life. We are no longer in reaction to life at all. We stand as our lives as a celebration of truth, a celebration of truth that God is all there is and God's presence is right here, right now. I mean, haven't you all had something that at the time you said, oh man, this is not great. And it unfolded to be later part of what made you the wonderful person you are now. Or it just something happened that shifted it. So if we can know potentially that for all of life, then we have gratitude beyond any gifts. My cousin's mother-in-law uh, lived near us. So she would do some holidays with us. And I loved that woman. She was just, she was so much fun, but she'd say, everything's divine. One year, my younger brother, we were sitting around Christmas. My younger brother had gotten a book and he just fell into it. So he's sitting on the floor reading this book. And so we're all kind of apologizing. Oh, Jamie, he just gets into things. She goes, oh, I just think he's divine. And she really did. She said that about everything. And I wonder now about her life. If she was just blessing and calling everything divine, how it unfolded. And it becomes this mechanism, this great uh, you know, we talk about biofeedback. It becomes this feedback loop of divinity, of good, of blessing. We pave the way with our gratitude for everything, everything to be a blessing. Ernest Holmes said it this way 
in um, his book, The Voice Celestial, which is this uh, epic poem he wrote with his brother. And um, the presence is one of the speakers in this poem. And it says, for all tomorrow's good may rest today upon your gratitude. For he who gives his thanks before the wine is pressed from grapes still clinging to the vine has shown a faith above beyond the present hour and his thanksgiving holds the future flower. He who gives thanks for the wine while the grapes are still on the vine has shown a faith above beyond the present hour and his thanksgiving holds the future flower. So I just invite us now to close our eyes for a quick minute and just know with me that we are being opened up to that greater gratitude beyond gifts. That that presence of God becomes ever more clear, ever more evident, ever more real to me, to each of us, to each I that is sitting in their rooms listening to this talk, that that sense of good and blessing becomes so real that I am free to move forward powerfully in my life, calling forth the good, being an instrument of gratitude that blesses all that I see, all that I do, all that I am. I give thanks for this knowing, and I know that this truth deepens in me every day. And I release this word. And so it is. So if you were inspired by today's music and message, as well as our weekly and monthly programs, we gratefully receive any gifts that you may have. We create sacred opportunities and personal empowerment and collective transformation through wholehearted spirit experiences, truth and spirit. If you were inspired by today's music message, as well as our weekly and monthly programs, we greatly receive any gift, tithe, and offering that you may have. You can visit our website at cslwhiterock.com slash donate. You can make out a check to CSL White Rock and you can send an e-transfer to the administration at cslwhiterock.com. Divine love within blesses and and, and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And so it is. <laughs>